What's Gucci, y'all? We have the Ted Jones Comedy Show at Asylum NYC on Friday, July 23rd at 9.30 p.m. 307 West 26th Street in Chelsea, Manhattan. Eight comics are going to come out and give it to you. Reg Thomas, Emily Wilson, Hannah Burner, Harrison Greenbaum, Jared Freed, Chloe LeBranch, Karen Feehan, Julio Gallerati, and of course, I will be there, your host, Ted Jones. Tickets for the event are in my Instagram bio, Ted Jones World, or you can find tickets at AsylumNYC.com, guys. This show is going to be amazing. Again, Friday, July 23rd at 9.30 p.m., okay? Okay, great. See you there. (laughs) Hannah, what's up? How you doing, girl? I'm good. I'm good. So today is actually (laughs) the perfect day to play tennis, like 75 degrees out. You and I love playing tennis in the scorching heat, huh? Yeah, we like to play tennis with danger. Uh Like, we only enjoy it if we feel like we might die. Uh Um, and today, just a nice, beautiful 75. We're like, let's go inside and That's talk shit. That's what I'm talking about. Guys, yeah. Hannah Burner, the co-host of the Giggly Squad podcast on the Ted Jones World Couch, host of the Burning in Hell podcast, mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. I've known Hannah for like three weeks now, and I think tennis has brought us together like at least 100% I more. So I feel like I've known you for six weeks. We're best friends now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's actually amazing. Like, I haven't had a girl best friend in at least 10 years. Are you one of guys who have girl best friends? I think that my girl best friend had a crush on me, ultimately. Well, yeah. And yeah. I was dating her best friend, and it always seemed like there was some animosity. Like, if I took her, if I took her to, like, dinner or something, she'd want to be included. Yeah. So it was never, like, an authentic uh, best friend It's like, situation. do you really like me for me, or do you just want my penis? Yeah. I hate when that happens. <laughs> I hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I had a guy, best friend, co- comedian, Andrew Collin, but he wants to have sex with me. He just won't admit it. So, oh, he is gay or no? He's no. Gay. But, he's straight. Okay. He says he says he's disgusted by me, did, but it's not did true. Did you guys ever date? No, we're just best friends. Is this a joke? Or are you blowing him up right now? No. Oh, okay. I mean, he's joking. He definitely oh. wants to have sex with me, yeah. but and I'm always <laughs> like, you want to have sex with me? But then he calls me buck teeth, and then I got, Dude. but then I got Invisalign, so now I know oh. he wants to fuck me. We were talking about um, yeah. our Invisalign. I like have had eight different trays that, and I wasn't sure which <laughs> one was like my actual tray because you go through like eight weeks of it, yeah, and then you have a permanent one yeah. after that. So like. I've just been recycling through like eight of them. What fucks me up with Invisalign is they say you have to change it every like eight or nine days. If it was seven days, your girl would be on it. But the seven, eight day thing threw me the fuck off. And now I'm just like. First time seven, (laughs) second day eight. And then you just go back and forth. And I guess I could have just put it in my calendar. But that would be too much preparation. Actually, you know, I've seen you a few times use your calendar on your iPhone. Oh, I I live and die by my calendar. Like, Like let me see. Did you send me a calendar invite for this? I don't know. No, yeah, like I think f- that we put it in the calendar that we talked about. And because it, it was an official calendar <laughs> invite, your girl rolled in half an hour late because oh, it's so, like not so official. There you go. If you ever have an appointment with Hannah <laughs> over here, make sure it's a calendar invite. I should have sent you one. That would have been more professional. I got it's you okay. like the apple juice, Gatorade Frost, but I forgot the fucking calendar invite. Yeah, it's okay. God we'll work on it. it. All right, cool. Yeah, so Excellent. I walked in and Ted got me apple juice. Yes. And then you kind of shat on apple juice. No, you started it. Mm, I, you were like, people don't really drink apple juice. And I was like, yeah, people don't. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. Oh, so you were like just that. agreeing with me? Oh, yes. Well, I was like, if this friendship's going to work, you. you have to have your own opinions. You can't just agree okay, with be sure. a yes apple man. Apple juice is I. I'm not your <laughs> yes man. I'm like your assistant. Like, yes, Hannah. Oh, my God. Apple juice yes, is amazing. Wait, no, it's terrible. <laughs> so we were talking about Hannah. I was like, I'll have a vodka milk. Like, what are you, Russian? 
<laughs> something like that. But I, I was know. saying, I don't understand why they have orange juice, which is acidic, and like I feel like it makes your breath weird. Then cranberry juice, which is just sour as fuck. So you don't have some apple juice, with the, which is just sweet. Like, why do you think the apple and Eve, why do you think it was an apple? Because it's the sweetest. Why Eve, do you think? Like, apple and Eve, I get it. But, like, why, what's Eve symbol? Eden and Eve. Of? Eden, even. Even, you know. Adam and Eve. Yes. So it's apple. Okay, look, apple I don't, I don't, I don't know history. I don't know history. Okay. But, like, we, we'll t- we'll but then the also, like, shortly. Snow White. Yeah. They try to kill you her with an apple. Snow White these days, huh? I'm, I'm like, I do a whole Disney yeah. bit. Right. About so, how often are you changing up your jokes? Granted, that you're going to like a different comedy club every weekend. Great question. So, this is my first ever tour. So yeah. your girl's raw. Right. Your girl <laughs> has no expectations. <laughs> your girl can say anything, yeah. and no one's heard it. That's great. So right now I'm right. fresh as a daisy. Uh-huh. But um, and also when I first started, I was doing like. 20 minutes of stand-up and then like Q and A's when I was doing like a burning in hell type live show. So it's the first time I'm doing 45. So if there's jokes people heard, I feel like if the joke, fucking ears, (laughs) (laughs) but I feel like if the joke, you know how like your friend will say something funny and you'll be like, say it again. Like uh, you want to hear the story again. I just tell myself that if a joke is good, they want to hear it again. (laughs) Right. It's also like, it's also a little bit intimidating. Like if I have people come to this, like a show a week later from the show I did before, I'm like, yes. all right, well maybe there'll be some overlap. And people don't really understand that. Maybe in comedy, like you can't write ten new jokes like every day. You I'll, know what I mean? I'll explain it. It feels like when your friend is like, oh, tell that story again to sure. someone. Okay. And as you're telling it, you feel awkward because you know your friend knows what you're gonna say. That's how you feel with like doing the same jokes to another audience but I feel like when I was an audience member before I did stand-up I assumed that stand-ups just had like new jokes every time they perform which is fucking insane granted I could every time do a different 10 minutes hell yeah um but we're not out here doing that shit right right right. (laughs) I mean I could I'll rotate stuff or if there's jokes I haven't done in a bit I'll put them in but a lot of it is just lying to yourself. Like, to even be a stand-up, you have to lie to yourself and think that people want to hear you talk at them for 45 sure, minutes. Sure, sure. And also, like, lying during jokes, too. Or do you keep, like, all your jokes strictly pretty truthful? Um, I, I don't lie, but I do talk, like, past tense. Like, I'll be like, when I was single. Sure, sure. Um, because my whole issue was all my jokes were about being single. Whose fault is it? Is it their fault? Definitely not my fault. Is it society's fault? And then I got engaged, and it, that right. shit fucked me up. That's great. Mazel tov. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. When is the wedding exactly? Do you know? In May. This coming May. Yeah, but okay, cool. my, um, I hate to say it, but like my brand uh-huh. was very like messy, fuck girl, empowerment. Sure. Like, just trying to fuck hot models. Yeah. Like, I was so just, is it like retired fuck girl? I think we spoke on this. Yeah, right? I'm okay. gonna. I'm a retired fuck girl now. Let's go. And I make t-shirts that say that. I, think. I know. It's a good little tea. Yeah, that's. Well, I was on Call Her Daddy, and like the first episode I did with her, we were talk. I was like talking about how I fucked the mascot at Wisconsin, <laughs> and then I had like the craziest sex in a shower in the Hamptons with this like random the, older guy. Oh, okay. Like and the then mascot? fast forward, I was, no, yeah, I invited him to the Hamptons. 
He's like in the full suit. Bucky's tanning. Oh my god! Wait, was it the, the Wisconsin mat- mascot? Mascot, yeah. Because so I a badger. Well, I was fucking around with the athletes, and then I it wasn't going well. So sure. I was like, what about the funny guy? Like the mascots were the funny guys who like walked no. with that you know mascot walk. Right. You didn't want to go for someone in like the drama department. You want to just no go no no no. no. I want to go like for the mascot. Sports. Okay, yeah, like because they appreciated enough. my sport. Right, right, right. Totally. And they were you mysterious because you didn't know if it was him yeah. or one of the other. <laughs> there were like seven like of them. Know. Yeah. <laughs> I would like squeeze his ass and they'd be like, "Excuse me." I'm like, "Sorry." <laughs> I never fucked him with a Bucky mask on, but um. You didn't. No. I also, like he probably would have hyperventilated. Oh. No, I didn't want to be part of his like weird like furry oh, fetish. He wanted to do it. He asked me once. Stop. And to, I was like, to, no. To do with the badger head on yeah. and like full him. Yeah. Like, put his wiener in the <laughs> underpants hole. <laughs> I, I just like guys who do that. I, don't, I like got scared. I was just scared about, when about I was nineteen head? about everything. Okay. I just was like, I don't. Sure. I was still scared of penises. So for the most part, you had a regular childhood besides the fact that you were playing tennis almost every day, right? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't that regular because it was so much tennis and. It, I'm I don't have any addictive like I'm not addicted to any alcohol or drugs I'm actually like pretty straight edge mm-hmm. but I was addicted to tennis and I was obsessed with it and it was my everything wow and your dad like uh was pumped about that He's my like dad was my dad. coach I remember very early on like winning and my dad like being so excited in the parking lot and then we were just on a crazy journey of me and him against the world but I also to get a little deep I grew up in New York City as did you. And when 9-11 happened, I remember being like nine years old and like the world just like didn't make sense. Like your friend's parents are dying and like the world is scary. And I just put like all my anxiety into tennis because like tennis made sense. I was like, you just go, you play, you win, everyone's happy. And I just did that for like until I hated it. So um, you kind of explained like the good side of tennis, but I mean, I've heard of tennis parents just doing crazy shit in terms of like really getting involved in their tennis child's life, like making them run after them in the car after (laughs) a loss or like breaking their rackets and not letting them play tennis for months, shit like that. Have you had any crazy tennis stories? Well, my dad was more like the guy who believed in me more than anything like to the point that i'd be playing like top 10 girl in the nation and if i lost he'd be disappointed but it's like he gave me this belief that i would never had in myself and i think he was just he was very very tough on me um and we've like since i was 16 we've worked it out where he realized that i actually play better when he's just like unconditionally loving me but it was more i've had actual coaches who like poured water on my head after matches you just have to like keep running until they tell you to stop doing planks on like 100 degree weather days in florida and getting like like burns all over you um just a lot of physical abuse but then like it was the emotional that eventually is the reason you like have to stop so you moved to florida and how long were you training there for for about two years and i was playing international tournaments there and training in florida and it was it was just hard because I like there was a lot of like grip. I changed my grip. I changed my scenery. I changed the people around me. And it's just a lot of pressure for a 14 year old whose oh, parents yeah. are like sacrificing money for you to play. And it's just crazy shit that your mind is dealing with at a young age. But I've just learned to like 
be comfortable with being uncomfortable, if that makes sense. Yeah, individual sports, I'd say, in general, are... Psychotic. Yeah, and also, like, even golfers. Like, golfers maybe even more so have less interaction with people than, like, tennis players, you know? At least, oh, like, yeah. tennis, you'll have somebody on the court with you, maybe, like, hitting balls back and forth. Yeah. And then you get a break every, like, 20 minutes or so. But golfers are just out there by themselves for, like, five hours. Yeah, just and golf... individual sports in general. Golf is was a sport that I really loved, and I had to kind of choose oh, between, really? like... It was, like, golf... Actually, I mean, I used to play every sport, yeah. golf, tennis, basketball, and softball. We're like nice. loving it. Okay. But I love the individuality of tennis, but I also loved like I was fast and hyper. So it the movement, but unlike golf, tennis has this variable of like who you're playing against. Where like golf, you're always playing against yourself, yes. which is hard enough sure. in, in itself. And tennis was like, you don't know, you might be playing a girl with just a huge kick serve that you don't know how to handle. Um, or she's figured out your game and it's exposing all your, all your weaknesses. Um, but tennis, I always just thought of it as like a beautiful chess game. But I, I definitely have had anxiety my whole life and I didn't know it. And it would just come up through my tennis. Like I would just like decide I like can't hit a forehand one day or like decide I can't hit a second oh, serve oh but I'd still like somehow win a lot because <laughs> like, I'm very you, scrappy you were, like, top 10 in the country weren't you at one point yeah I was I was top 15 okay. and I just like knew how to win like they called me like the grinder the grinder I was like <laughs> I remember coaches would be like you have to play like they called it winning ugly like I was oh, really yeah, good at winning yeah. ugly like a book too, but, Brad yeah Gilbert. Brad Gilbert yeah. and I was the queen of winning ugly because all the go. girls had these beautiful strokes and I was just like fucking getting right, people's ferocious. heads being Let's crazy go. slicing right, right, right. and I loved it but deep down I was like your life could be so much easier if you just like played happily and like played within yourself mm -hmm. um and to be honest, I never really got to the point where I was 100% happy when I was competing. Because totally. I always felt like it was judgment day for me. But like practice days, you would watch me play and you'd be like, is that girl number one in the country? Oh like, my God, that's so funny. And physically, that. I was like everything in college. Like I was always the fastest, the highest jumper, the mo best agility. Like any tests, you were like, this girl is ready for big time. And yeah. then you'd see me play and you'd be like, why is she frozen with fear? This would happen to me like warming up even for tournaments. Like yeah. you'd go to Michigan for some national open or something. I'd be warming up 20 minutes before the match with yeah. a kid who was like a top player. And then I'd go to the match and I'd just get so freaking <laughs> nervous. I don't know why. I'd just get so tight. I'd start shaking. And then yeah. Yeah, I just decided I couldn't hit a forehand yeah. for like an hour and a half. Yeah. It's funny how tennis does that to people. Like there are some people who are so shitty in practice <laughs> and then they go to the tournaments and like now they're the kid to beat. And yeah. then in practice you're beating them like six. It's your perspective with competition. Yeah. I always say like if I have a kid who plays sports, like I'm just not going to emphasize winning at all. Okay. Which is weird because it's what everyone cares about. Sure. But if I could speak to my younger self, I'd be like, this match doesn't matter. And like you understanding your mind and be like I would just be like I don't want to be on the court and they'd finally call my name and I'd be like fuck oh, the next two God, hours are going to be horrible so and funny. if I, I lose yeah. but I felt really alone even though I feel like so many tennis players are like that but I would be playing number one for yeah, University of Wisconsin you'd be winning though like all well, the time okay, like, this I would was not the be problem. winning as much as you this is the problem when you keep winning you don't change so like if I was, I wish I had like a bad injury, knock on wood, or like a losing spree where I had to stop and like sit down with my team and like reflect, yeah. like something's not working. Sure. But when you keep winning enough, winning ugly, and you keep winning ugly, and like you're, na I was just naturally very athletic and competitive. You're gonna, 
you can get to a certain level in women's tennis, mm -hmm. but like you're not beating the top top girls who also have their head together and the big shots. Yeah. I mean, I won whole matches sliced my forehand the whole time for years, not one topspin forehand. Yeah, I mean, it, that's it's so funny you mentioned that because like I remember I had a tennis coach who was just like, just be how you are off the court, on the court. You know, like carry the confidence that you have off yeah. the court and put it on the court. But like, yeah. it never fully clicked for me. Like in practice, I was beating guys who were way better than me, like way higher ranked. Yeah. But like once I got to the tournament and then like I wanted to go play college tennis, my dad was the classic like, oh, he's way better than his ranking. You know, like yeah. that classic person. But like, yeah. I feel like I really was, but. I just never was able to connect like my on court and off court confidence. You know yeah. what I mean? I do think that I, I remember walking, I was playing one for Wisconsin and we're walking past like the high school team playing to practice outside. Yeah, and I'm like looking, the Wisconsin, the Wisconsin high like high school was right. like hitting yeah. and I'm looking at these girls just hitting forehands. And I was like, I would give anything to hit a forehand like that girl. And it's just like this 16 year old girl yeah. who like probably plays on the weekends. And I just, yeah. And I just felt like, how can they do it? But it's a lot of just like, obsessing about something like I would obsess over my forehand like crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. and then little do you know it actually doesn't help it it worsens it like I could psych myself out so much that by the time I'm on the court I'm like I can't do anything yeah. and it's this weird thing of like you have to care but not care too much which is so hard to comprehend because it's like but this is my life this is my ego this is my everything and similar to you off the court I was I also didn't really feel like I fit in with other tennis players off the court. I was too. very tennis players are so weird. They're 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 weird. They're also <laughs> like a little socially inept uh -huh. in like the most focused way. Sure. Like they don't I was just like silly and outgoing. I was super observant. I was always making comments of things. Also when I was on the court, I knew exactly who was watching, where they were, why. Like I was so aware of everything, which is great for comedy because you have to always be analyzing every situation right. and be like oh, they 10 they steps didn't. ahead exactly yeah. and be observing everything yeah. to make a comment and but i was like i was good in doubles because there was this one girl on my team who was so talented but like terrible anger management like she would just snap and like collapse and i was the only one that could make her laugh so like we started to that's win a lot knew. of doubles that's when you knew your career <laughs> no i actually didn't know for a while after that. but i i remember being like hannah like just keep making elena laugh and oh sorry i just blew her name but anyway we love her <laughs> she's and she was when she was smiling she'd play her best and i realized like i couldn't hit a forehand but i could make that bitch laugh and we would win a lot of matches college tennis is fun for like the two and a half years that i lasted <laughs> i told you that i failed the drug test twice and then the third time it didn't show up so, uh, well you're basically like you're basically like the track star at the olympics I am. You're <laughs> fucking right. Now she's like the hot topic. And also Ricky Williams. Shout out Ricky Williams. Follows We're, your boy Ted Jones you, World on Instagram. That's oh my yeah? boy. And like he's getting all this press now. So smoking weed is in. We, That's so what I'm talking you about. You got kicked off the team when you could have been celebrated. Everyone could have named a fucking stadium after me like Ricky Williams. No, but that was a, that was a dark ass time in my life. Because like all I had was a tennis team. The tennis yeah. coaches were like, oh, I'm so disappointed in you. When like I... We weren't that great. Yeah. We were spending, I don't even How know. How much weed were you smoking? Probably every day. I mean, 
Maybe like every, well, so there, was a time like when a, I, there was a time when I stopped. But it wasn't but like an accidental like, party. That, like okay, you got okay. a little fucked up, right, took so one hit, and they the, tested you. <laughs> yeah. you Somebody was like, come on, Ted, try it. It's just pot. What's his name, Gasquet, <laughs> who like made out with a girl who did cocaine? and got, guess, uh, one Gasquet. Gasquet. Oh, yeah, right. which is a complete. <laughs> no, yeah. This one He's like, I don't do cocaine. girl in France. Well, that's what he said. Okay, so the first time I got caught, you guys may have heard the story, but the first time I got caught, um, smoking weed. This kid down the hall at, at a Yukon, Vinny, fucking Vinny, had a vaporizer. So I was like, dude, you gotta let me try that vape. He's like, it's perfect. You can even smoke it in your room. Nobody will smell it. Mm-hmm. So I believed him. I brought the vape uh, to the room. I was roommates with a kid on the tennis team, and he had never smoked weed. This is the first time he was gonna smoke weed when I made him do this, like this particular time. So we <laughs> light up the freaking vaporizer. Take so like you're bringing other people minutes. into your bullshit. Absolutely. Continue. So it took 20 minutes. I start taking a, a few hits. I get so high. I'm like, dude, you need to try it. He starts uh, taking hits. We both get so high. We start doing like <laughs> robot alien dances to each other's snacks on the like side of the room. We're like snacks, snacks, <laughs> snacks. We start. We hear a bang on the door. So I'm like, what the fuck? I go to the door. I see like an orange piece of paper over like the little peephole, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, like shit, uh, John. His name's not John. You know. <laughs> I was like, John, uh, the cops. So he takes the vaporizer. Throws it behind the couch. They come in. They're like, they're like, where's the weed? It smells like weed. We've been getting complaints. I tell him where the weed is. Thank God he doesn't find my other roommate's like <laughs> grinder and scale. Otherwise, he would have been caught for like dealing weed. So I went to probation. Had to go to MAD, which is like Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Yeah. Had to go to a few classes. And that was the first time I got caught smoking weed. So I didn't smoke weed after that for like two months. I was like no, I'm super into this tennis thing. I thought you guys say two years. Two minutes. Two days. So uh, <laughs> summer break happened. Came back. I wasn't smoking weed for like three weeks. I was like, they're not going to test us. Smoke weed. Then two days later, they test us. I fail again. <laughs> Stop for three months. And then they decide they want to test us again. And I was like, I'm not going to show up because I'm going to fail. Yeah. So that was But like normally it's supposed to be random, like being tested that... But the tennis team had never in like their in the last 15 years had never been drug tested until we got caught smoking the freaking vaporizer <laughs> from Vinny in my room. Fucking Vinny. But yeah. it's funny, too, that they call weed like this performance enhancing drug. Yeah, and there were all one. there are all these tweets that are like, see how I like talk on weed and see if it's a performance enhancing drug. I'm just like a mumbling idiot. So I, th- I think that like the wave is obviously going towards legalization everywhere yeah but it's just taking way too long yeah i have bought weed at the deli over here like by my apartment yeah and that's been relatively chill but besides that i mean the guy's doing it like under the table sketchily yeah i want to be able to go into any deli and just buy it at a reasonable price it's the same thing as wine am i right well funny you say that sure wine is currently fucking people up because of the whole cultural concept of wine o'clock Basically, it became so, like, culturally accepted and fun yeah. that, like, liver disease has spiked unlike any other for women recently because girls are just drinking two bottles of wine a night being like, wine o'clock! Wait, wait, red or white, or does it matter? Either. Okay. I mean, red is supposedly, like, an yeah, antioxidant if you have one glass a night. But girls are straight up just like, oh, it's wine o'clock, everyone's doing it, where it's, like, two <laughs> bottles? <laughs> Bitch! And you're gaining and weight. And red, <laughs> yeah. You got the red teeth stained. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you're right. Wine. I mean, yeah, wine is so much more dangerous than weed. It really is. 
Um, Especially getting behind the wheel after that. Do you do you drive at all? Honey, Can we talk about this. Do oh, we talk about I it? don't do. To blow up your no, spot. it's okay. I You're don't like, do I don't anything. What do you mean? I don't smoke do weed. Like I don't drive. What do you mean? It I just leads. do comedy and tennis. Let's go. That's what I'm talking That's about. That's all. I, like, and I don't. I don't cook. I don't clean. <laughs> <laughs> like, I literally just go on podcasts and talk shit, and then I go to sleep. Right. And people are like, "You're such a hard worker. You're always working." I'm like, "Yeah." And it's I true. literally don't do anything. <laughs> so, um, what are the what are the what are the kind of topics that you talk about um, in either of the podcasts? Because I know that they're both like pretty similar, correct? S- so they're actually quite different. Thanks oh, for doing your research. Um, yes. Burning in Hell <laughs> is... What's the like, interview style? And then the other one is yeah. you and your co-host. So Burning so in Hell is about... Don't try to save yourself. <laughs> burning in Hell is about um, <laughs> basically talking to people about their demons, like what keeps them up at night, their anxieties, basically taking them to hell. Because I talk to successful people that you think are like super happy, and then I rip them apart to sure. find like what's actually... Let's go. What, like what keeps them up at night? Sure. What their fears are, their insecurities. Giggly Squad is Paige and I, who became friends on this reality TV show, and people became like mesmerized by our friendship. And then we were like, oh my God, wait, are we funny? <laughs> and then now we just do this... During quarantine, every single night at 10 p.m., we would go live on Instagram. No way. For three months straight, like crazy. And we are, like, it's crazy we did that because we well, love that's, sleeping. That's how you built your following. I so guess. Much. It got very culty. Sure. And um, so we talk about what's going on in our lives, our opinions of shit, and pop culture, and, like, news. So it's a lot more general. We're burning in hell is much more, like intense vulnerable but occasionally Paige and I get vulnerable you know do you have to remember those topics when people ask you what your podcast is about when you were like just naming them right there you like pop culture events and stuff is that what you have to do because like when people ask me I don't have like a (laughs) I definitely we had to we like when we were doing Giggly Squad because we had to figure out you know like what's the elevator pitch so I'm like yeah we talk about pop culture and gossip in our lives it's even since I've been doing comedy, I remember the first time. Because when you start doing comedy, you're just like, let's make people laugh. Yeah. And someone was like, so what's your comedy about? I literally just blanked. Right. I was like, ah. But because um, I didn't, you don't go into it being like, oh, what is my message to the world? Like, yeah. I feel like that's later in your comedy mm-hmm. career. Sure. But right now I'm like, what is a joke? And how do I have enough jokes that, uh, that people are laughing as mm-hmm. much as possible? But um. I think I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to reflect on my set to be like, okay, what are we trying to say here? What do I even care to talk about? Because you'll see with podcasting, if you don't care to talk about shit, you're not going to have a long-term podcast. Yeah. You have to be super vulnerable and transparent. Like yeah. Always. And I feel like that's how I've, for the most part, within the last few months, I guess, since it's come back, like I've just been, I don't know, just trying to be as transparent as possible. And mm-hmm. like, if I have to be dirty and say shit that like I otherwise wouldn't have said, like, I'll say it, whatever. If I'm talking about, like, a stepmom, <laughs> talking about, like, family stuff, or whatever it is. Is that the dirty stuff you yeah, talk well, about? Stepmom sex? Ba- I'm talking about, like, banging step-mom my stepmom porn? I don't have a step... Yeah. Actually, okay. that's funny. I did a stepmom porn uh, joke the other night, but oh. no one laughed. <laughs> I thought you were like, no I did. Yeah, I was like, I banged my stepmom. <laughs> what is this part out? <laughs> well, I'm sorry no one laughed at it, but we laugh yeah, now. Yeah, that was a good one. We'll laugh... Yeah, exactly. That's well, all that trying matters. new jokes is interesting, because... Sure. I've, I, it all, it's worked for me when it's like an extension of a joke or something that I thought of on stage originally. And that's how I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep that. Right. Like I do a lot of writing on stage, yes. but occasionally I'll be like, I'm going to challenge myself and I'll actually, you were there this one. night. I'm still upset about it uh-huh. at the stand. 
I was walking around. I went to Target. I was bored in between sets. And I was like, I'm going to think of a joke. And I was thinking about, like, my nubby fingers and how I want to normalize. I have nubby fingers. I have, like, nice really big ring, palms. Though. Thank Check you. Thank you, babe. But these, but, so I was talking about my ring getting engaged and just, like, normalizing, like, representation of, like, sausage fingers. Okay. And I, you know when, like, you think shit to yourself, it doesn't, it's, it's not, the joke's not there. Yeah. And then I was like, it's like putting a bumper sticker on a Lamborghini, like, don't put a diamond ring on a sausage. And, like, something about that was funny, but I feel like it's more captiony. But oh, I, right, right, I, I don't know. There's funny. some. It needs. Well, thank you. I think it in a certain a space work. it's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. But I like the game of the light. And sometimes at the end of a set you get the light, and like the timing's off, or you just finish your ending joke. Basically, I was like, I'm just gonna do this, and like no one laughed. And then I like didn't. I was. I don't know. I, I just was like. It was my. Never close with a new joke, sure. but I'm crazy on stage. Okay. I'm wild. It's like right. I don't like the rules. I don't Mitch. like when people tell me things. Go, I just girl. do whatever I want. Yeah, Thank you. And then I learned from my fucking self yeah. that you shouldn't end with a new joke. But a lot of it's confidence and um mm-hmm. also this out there shows so it doesn't count. The, oh, at the stand. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have you done more outdoor shows like in other states though recently besides that show? Not in other states, but I've done some Brooklyn spots. Or like I, on rooftops? I, yeah, I didn't do quarantine stand-up. I, I put stand-up to the side to focus on like, um, I was filming some shows and I was doing a ton of podcasts. Um, for the most part, what would you say is like the, I guess your favorite episode of either of the podcasts, if you can quote one for us to listen to? Oh, that's fun. Yeah. I have so, Burning in Hell, everything's like my baby. I love them all. Sure. Um, you know what? Actually, like a year and a half ago, probably, I listened to one of them with Kelly Ben Simone. That's how I knew that she was on one of them. Oh, this is like a Desperate Housewife from what season? season? Not Desperate Housewife, Real Housewife. Oh, <laughs> Real Housewives from like season two or three. She was in some like really epic seasons of Real Housewives in New York. Okay. And um, I had like a weird connection where I was able to get her on right. and it was it was great. I've had the burning hell pods go in a lot of different directions, sure. but everyone has a different, like I always end with like, how do you cope with your hell? And everyone has a real different like perspective on life. Some are like, you need to call for help. Like you need to surround yourself with amazing people. And then some are like, you just can't, you know, you just have to know you have to keep going. And then you have the ones that are like, find something you love. Like it's really all over the place. So it hasn't helped me. Okay. <laughs> but like, not, like, no episode in particular that you fully um, stuck I out love any like. episodes with Nikki Glazer has been on, sure. which has been great. Yeah. Um, I love an early one with Emma Wellman. She was really great. I, I remember asking her about sh- being in a lesbian relationship. I'm like, what is it like on your period? Because, like, in a heterosexual relationship, it's like, I'm on my period. He's not. Yeah. I'm like, you guys much, must menstrual sink. Oh, d- I was, gonna I was ask like, that. do you. And she was talking about how she, like, I was like, do you go down on each other? I was like, let's get dirty. And she was like, it's just called a bad weekend. Okay. And I was like, <laughs> she just, she's so open and funny. Um, and I've also been recently getting like random TikTok people on, which is really funny because they're like, uh, like two months ago, no one gave a fuck. And now like, 
like I'm really big on TikTok and you're kind of talking to them like what's it like and they're like I don't really feel famous uh-huh. but it's like TikTok is such a unique thing that some people have blown up on right like you can just have a hundred thousand followers like the next day yeah in terms of like growth from I guess we'll talk about that in terms of growth from like your TikTok and Instagram yeah. have you noticed like a significant difference I guess within like the last year ever since you started doing those live chats and stuff like that oh like Giggly Squad yeah well, it's funny, with Summer House, my second season, I had, like, a really good storyline, they call it. I was, like, in a romance, and, like, everyone got really invested. Is that the, I think that's the season I saw. Is that the one with Jordan, that one? That's the first season. Okay, then that was But I did have a British guy that season. He was cute, but he was so <laughs> scared of the camera. <gasps> when He's, Why? like, this outgoing, fun, like, party guy. Like, he's British. Like, uh-huh. he's obviously a good time. And whenever the camera would come, he'd be like, oh, like he, he said he turned into a scared kitten. A shy turtle. Yeah. Was he on it a few times? He came a couple times. Okay. It's just very hard to be on a reality show. And then when you meet like a normal guy you like being like, okay, this is my life all summer. Right. If you want to be with me, like, and, <laughs> and then there's like a weird trust where they have to trust you. That's going to be okay. But you don't really trust the system as a whole. Yeah. So it's kind of a risk. You look however you want. Yeah. So it's kind of a risk, but it worked my first two seasons. How many weekends? I mean, I guess you spend every weekend out there when you were on it, right? Yeah. Like during the week? Yeah. Or you, no? During the week, you'll film some city stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, so dating was really hard with reality TV, like very difficult because you'd meet. I remember I'd be f- filming and you'd be at some bar and they'd be like go flirt with guys <laughs> and like i consider myself like i will talk to anyone i'm i consider myself like a former fucker like i'm pretty smooth right, with, retired, right. you know retired i'm pretty smooth <laughs> podcast game you know i'm like asking questions and shit with bad hair yes. you know actually i we did this funny um stupid this stupid like competition with me Paige, and amanda one night, cause, and they were like, okay, see who could get the most numbers. And, like, Amanda has, like, these huge... Where was I? Amanda has these huge boobs, and she was just walking sure. up to guys being like, can I have your number? And she was like... And she also had a fiancé at the time. It was, like, a joke. So she had no, like, ego involved. She was just, like, boom, boom, going up to any guy getting numbers. And then Paige was, like, doing okay. And then I got caught with some dude who was, like, fascinated with... Like, I was from Brooklyn, and he just, and it, the whole time it showed me stuck in this conversation with this guy. Do I remember this? Is this one or two? This season is, one or two? This is my first season, I think. I think. I yeah, and I remember, this. and he made us like, I won. And I was like, I got stuck sure, in this guy, sure, sure. who then ended up full on, like, kind of stalking me all summer. Like, he would just appear at events, and I'd be right. like, fuck you guys. He was, but, like, in the hot tub with you. Oh, that's, yeah, it's, it gets, oh, my God, it's so complicated. <laughs> Men stress me out. But anyway, I, the hard thing about dating is, I'd basically be at a bar and we'd be filming. They'd be like, okay, go flirt with some guys. So then I would like see a guy make eye contact with me. I'd start walking towards him and then there'd be two grown men behind me, one with a huge light and one with a camera. And the guy would either run, run away. This is our comfort zone. Run. (laughs) Or he would talk to me and then afterwards they'd be like, can you sign this release to be on Bravo? And they'd be like, no. Oh, they have to sign releases? Yeah. Okay, so I saw you guys at Southampton Social Club. I don't remember what year it was yeah it was like amanda and the girl who's always on it laura Lindsay, Lindsay, yeah Lindsay. um you guys were like dancing in a circle i like went up i said hi to amanda because amanda and i went to the same college hi amanda and like um as soon as i came on the screen i guess like all the lights went off and all the cameras went off like i guess they were just trying to get a shot specifically (laughs) for you guys is that how it works? That'll happen depending on what they need. Right. But Southern Social would be funny. Like people would jump so in front of the ta- camera. You guys definitely went there, though, right? 
all the time. We went there every night. Like sometimes we go at the end of filming, sometimes during filming, but they would let us film. But anyway, it's a very like meta reality of like they want you to like live how you'd live. But there there are all these external factors that are tough. Um, And I was like, oh, I don't really want to ever date a guy who's like a reality TV guy. And then I was like, don't really want to be with a comedian. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know. The heart wants what it wants. As, how did you get, um, I guess, even on the show? Like, do they? they so you? I was doing. I was working at Betches. Well, at first, after I quit tennis, I was in sales. I was in marketing. I hated it all, but I was like doing well. I just didn't feel oh. alive. Um, <laughs> like, passion, girl. I, like I'd rather be like losing tennis like I guess Let's the highs go, and lows right? of tennis are so fucking you intense you and I though just hitting down the middle just that's like one of the highs for me I tell you hell just, yeah just like hitting it really well and then you get like the occasional little crowd sure, on the side sure, who's like sure. love but like at the two times <laughs> Hannah and I have played in the past three weeks there have been like at least five guys like, oh I see you smacking that ball out there girl <laughs> I'm like chill and then they're asking you they're like is that your boyfriend you're like I don't know. I guess. <laughs> I guess for the hour. I don't know, guys. Just move it along. I've actually like very newly been getting hit on with an engagement <laughs> ring. Like it's well, so because yeah, I, right. I like I forget I have an engagement sure. ring. Like, How is that though? It just, has it's it really weird because the whole fun of New York is like walking around. You see someone who's like kind of your age, and you like always get sexual attention like right, wherever you hair, are. And it's like, are we gonna make eye contact? Are we not? Go. And then I forget like. Being engaged is so fucking sexist that, like, Dez is fucking walking around doing who he's knows not, what. He's not wearing an engagement ring? Guys, guys don't have engagement. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're like, don't even know. <laughs> no. you don't, you're such a fuckboy. You don't even know what marriage is yeah, or oh anything God. about it. Literally, well, I was No, I, think I, about I, it. You guys do, guys do get it's, engagement rings. They no. Isn't no, no, it's the most like old school thing well, where that's sexist though. The guy's paying for it, right? I guess that's sexist, right? Yeah, it should be. Even. <laughs> well, it it's even. I forget the word. It's one of those big words, but it's just very. Google it. It's very like What's that word? Old school that like you, you when you hold the door. Well, you chivalrous. No, that's not the word. Okay. But it's <laughs> but that is a good word. We okay. should use it later. Yeah. It's the concept that like proposing is just a very old school concept of yeah. like. Out of they romanticize like out of nowhere, a guy is just gonna ask you to spend the rest of your life with him, sure. and you're definitely gonna say yes, and the ring is gonna be perfect, okay. and then like you're taken for, and he's showing your dad that he's gonna be able to take care of you. Okay, I've got a load of questions. Yeah. Now. Okay, so <laughs> in terms of proposing, how was it done? How did Des propose to you? If you don't mind me asking. Um. So when I went to Summer House to film, I had just met him like two and a half weeks. And you'd appreciate this. He would do this thing where he would send me funny, like, songs where he would put, like, um, what's the thing the T-Pain would put auto-tune? So he put auto-tune, like, the first time we hung out, he, like, couldn't find his remote control. So we did this whole thing about, like, I lost my remote control and how we also, like, lost my heart or something. Like, just something, it was very funny. And he would send me these videos all through Summer House. Then when I got out of Summer House, we moved in together. A couple months later, he stopped trying, and I wasn't getting any cute videos anymore. Okay. So we were with each other all the time. So then, ugh, I hate to say it, but I, I kind of overheard him talking to my dad for a second. And then my dad is so, 
outgoing and like silly he walks in and i was peeing and i pee with the door open it's nice. just like a family thing yeah, that's like what i do too like i don't like peeing with the door closed sure, it's like claustrophobic yeah and i oh, also feel head. my yeah. mom always had it open because when we were kids it was like god forbid open she shut the door policy. so yeah, yeah sure. um you're snorting cocaine when you're three yeah. years old <laughs> <laughs> envision me as a toddler (laughs) anyway (laughs) snorting like gummy beer powder anyway (laughs) fred flintstone you know those hard ones that you snort that shit oh fuck yeah bad for you i mean they are really bad for you and they're like oh vitamins for kids anyways please yeah not important but swipe up for fred flintstone for the clip for that one so he walked in and I just heard him laughing and he goes, I said no, ha ha ha. And I was Who like, said that? Your dad my said dad, that? but my dad's joking, but yeah. I just, you know how you know? And I was like, oh my God, he just asked my dad for you like his blessing. Des ask your dad if yeah. he could marry you. I didn't. That's oh, got to be one of I, the more romantic things I think I've ever I heard. I didn't. That. I didn't overhear their conversation. I just heard my dad leave the conversation and tell my mom, I said no, haha, and I just knew in my gut. Uh, but, like, part of me was really upset because I wanted to be surprised. Like, I uh, love being surprised. But I realized, again, that's engagement shit where people are like, oh, out of nowhere, he just has, like, a flash mob and, like, in yeah. the middle of Home Depot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Either or. <laughs> okay, but, like, I feel a lot of people aren't surprised. And also, like, very early on, he was like, I want to marry you. I want to marry you. So I was just like, okay, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, and I, I just started that. sending sure. him, yeah. like, um, links to, to rings. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so start paying for me to be alive. <laughs> you she love me? Was rich. 3000 4000 <laughs> No, I got him in because I'm like, I'm going to be your sugar mama. <laughs> and then um, now I'm now on summer. I'm not in summer house anymore, so we're dealing with that. But anyway, um, he. Long story short, I was like, he's gonna do it. I knew he was gonna do it, and I was kind of like keeping an eye out, like. And I wake up, and he's like singing some song in the other room. He wakes up at like seven a.m., and I wake up at nine thirty ten. But it was like eight a.m., and I hear him singing, and I'm like, "What's he doing?" And I was, it was on Valentine's Day, and then I get a text from him. And it's a vi- another video of him singing. And then at the end, it's like, and I have to tell you something. And I'm like, just woke up, Invisalign, like crusty eyes. And he was just on the side of the bed. Two knees, which I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe double the love. And yeah. he was just like, would you marry me? And then I was like, I oh. thought this was a joke. Like, you know how you just, <laughs> I like texted him a photo to a ring. And he was like on it. And like, I just the didn't know if we ring or wedding the engagement ring. ring. So, so he said there are two different types. I just want to straighten this out here. Two, yes. So one engagement ring that's like whatever you First spend like engagement five thousand whatever, with like and then you spend more than five thousand for the engagement. The engagement ring's crazy. No, so the engagement ring, and then on top of that, a wedding 000, ring. I don't know. If you spend five thousand dollars, your girl would five, slap 10, you in the face. For, but okay, but two rings. You have to start off with what? And then so you start off with a, a diamond ring. Sure. And then more you get 5, 000, a marriage. Of course. And then you get a, a like whatever a kind of. Well, actually, I'm bad at this too. But you get a, a normal ring. But I was very anti this at first. I was joking with him. I, I was like, I want like a little pearl, like fuck the patriarchy, like I don't want to, all this shit's ridiculous, like rings are like $30,000 and shit. Yeah. But then I started looking at rings and I'm like, these are nice. And then I was like, I kind of want like two diamonds so on my you ring. And you saw rings with him, so he already knew like finger size and We all did that. go, like well, well also he was like, how big do you want your ring to be? And like, I don't know rings. So I was like, I don't know, like three, four carats. And he was like, like, that's like 70 grand, like a four carat ring. So he was like, what? So carats are like $15,000? 
maybe, maybe. Okay. And it depends on like the clearness of sure. it. Long story short, Quality. I never thought of these things. Yeah. But then suddenly I, I found a guy who wanted to marry me. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't think this would happen right now. Uh. <laughs> so we ended up like a movie. Like we went to this jeweler in East Hampton and walked in and we're like, we're looking for rings. Uh-huh. And you like try different rings on and they're like, this is the size, this is the clarity. And we'd look at each other and I'd be like, I like this or is I like that. Is that the one next to Citarella? I went you know to London Jewelers. I think that's the one across the street It's from like Cetarella. pretty, like it looks like a little yeah, house. Yeah, steps, right? Yes. It looks like the Capitol yes. building kind of. Yeah. Okay. So we went there and I've, I was changing my mind on shape. It's just like a big invest, investment. Yes. But ultimately I succumbed to like the culture of society i guess because i don't know i <laughs> i feel like i was just like this is kind of fun so <laughs> and you he was the, down to do it so you haven't seen the other ring yet no, the actual so i think ring. you pick those out together but didn't you pick this out together i kind of did i told him like okay i want this shape and i want like gold and saw what he did with it Okay. It's very confusing. Sure. And a lot of people will get surprised with it and then they hate the ring, but right, it's like right, 25 right. grand yeah. and or someone will just like have to use their like dead grandma's diamond because yeah. that's like in the family and they really hate it, but they have to pretend they like it. Like there's a lot of shit, but I, I just feel like it's all like so it feels so like old school, Okay. especially when I'm like more of a. Like, I pay for a lot of shit. Uh. I'm into, like, more equal finances stuff. So it seemed weird. I still never, like, feel like I owe anyone shit. Right. Except and now it's like we play, you owe tennis balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tennis balls the pink tennis balls. Did I tell you we still have that candy? Yeah, it's amazing. amazing. Okay, fine. I'll get tennis balls next. But yeah. I, was, I was taking advantage of you for that. <laughs> but I, I do think, like, even little things like... The man spent a lot of money on this ring. Yes. And it's like, 5, how am I going to say no to a blowjob, you know, sure. when he did that? <laughs> and I don't like that, like, how it weighs on me, you know? Uh-huh. So it's just part of women being controlled by men. So Okay, fair enough. Just enforcing that. So are your kids going to be Jewish? You are Jewish, correct? So I'm like, like o- 25% Jewish. Okay. This is a, my dad's. A Let's hear it. Yeah, my dad's. Dad was Jewish. Okay. Like a Kohen. Like Cohen. serious. Last name. Yeah. But then he got punched in the face by a rabbi when he was young and decided to be atheist. And he married a German just to like fuck well, religion. Was, was there a context behind being <laughs> punched in the face? I mean, he was a, a loud rabbi? mouth, like crazy kid, but okay. it, it was he like just. Hebrew school or something? Yeah. And like, he, he got punched in the face by a okay. rabbi and just like he just hated religion it was pretty like there weren't a lot of atheists back then but he was he was like he's he's i grew up he's been very opposed to organized religion Uh yeah married a blonde blue-eyed german let's go and then had my who's who's actually her anyway she's not jewish and Uh then had my dad who married an italian okay so but a lot of Jewish guys think I'm Jewish yeah, and like me. Like me. Yeah. Oh, cool. yeah. <laughs> and then they find out that they can't. I'd have to like whatever. Well, that's not such a big deal. My mom actually converted. Oh, yeah. You I told me. Born. But it's not such a big deal. Would you do it? Well, I was dating this guy in the past, in a past life, who was kosher and like super orthodox. Okay. And his family was like cool with me because I had enough Judaism. Enough Jew blood. Enough Jew blood. But okay. there's definitely guys like when I went to Wisconsin 
no one's there's not a lot of Jewish people except the ones from, from New York City, New York City. Right, and proud. if you're a brunette people are like they assume you're Jewish yeah and there was a lot of disappointing conversations oh. Okay, but you can, I mean, snap of the fingers, you can learn the freaking Torah, I'm sure. Yeah, probably, <laughs> but I'm also, yeah, I was, I was put into actually Catholic school when I was younger, just on really? Sundays, because okay. my parents wanted me to, like, see what a religion was like, and they wanted to get drunk with their friends on Sundays, so sure. they just dropped me off, right. but then by, like, 10 years old, I was playing too much tennis, and so I never got my confirmation or anything. Are you going to stay in New York the rest of your life? Do you know? I love New York so much. Yeah. Um, uh, my family's in New York. Yes. Whenever <laughs> I recently figured out that like everything's about New York when really you leave is. New, like when I first went to Florida, they put to put the news on and it's like from New, New York. York, and yeah, I'm like, wait, New York, why right? don't they have a Florida one? They're right. like, no, and I didn't realize everything sure. was about New York. Yeah, didn't realize no one, no one else likes New Yorkers, so that also was negative. I could see myself living in LA for a little, maybe like projects. Mm-hmm. I also love Australia, even though I've never been. Okay. But yeah, I you were saying you wanted to do, like, a tour out there. I could see what myself. What do you think, guys? Should she do a tour out there? Let us know in the comments. I could see myself for, like, I don't know, three, four, five months. Just, wow. like, waking up, having some coffee. Yeah, looking at that thing going, in Sydney. Yeah, whatever, whatever the, the fuck, fuck that thing is. Looking <laughs> at it, finding Nemo type shit. And then, like, going for a jog, it. getting tan, eating nice. avocado toast, doing some comedy. Well, I think you should do that. I wish I had an Australian accent. I feel like I'd be funnier. Oi! No. Eh. I can't really do it. Hey, it's tough. So, yeah. Oh, hey, how's it going, Ted? Outback Steakhouse. Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> it's really tough. Where else do you want to go? Australia. Where else have you been? Or well, this go? is the annoying thing. When you're sure. with um, an older man. Okay. They're quite wise and cultured, and he's, like, been everywhere. Mm. <laughs> so I'll be like, I want to go to Europe. And he's like, oh, so over Europe. <laughs> How, what's the age difference? 10 years? He's 45, so it's 15 years. Okay. But he's, he's like, lived in Ireland most of his life. And, yes. like, that's what I like about him, that he's like, teaches me things and shit. Um, but I'm like, I want to go to France. And he's like, okay. <laughs> so do you guys have plans then, I guess, to travel and such? I think we do. Um, but right now, like, I'm traveling. Like, I was in Richmond, Virginia. Let's go. So I'm going that. to Indianapolis in when? two weeks. Okay. Um, and you, when you go to these places, you're doing um, a show Thursday, two Friday, and two Saturday? Yeah. So five? Yeah. That's crazy. It's Good great. It's great for reps. When I first heard of it, I was like, why? Like, I was like, this is insane. Because I was doing one-nighters at first. And it's like, you want me to sell five shows in a weekend? Like, that's so much. But then I realized, like, that's how you create an hour. Yeah. By, like, giving yourself that time on stage that you don't get during the week. And, like, it, you have to be, like, tough on yourself. Like, okay, like, what can be better? Or, like, what isn't hitting? And, like, cutting off the fat and stuff. So. Okay. So you actually just added a show in East Hampton. Yes. That's your tour? Yes. I would love to come. That'd you be so have fun. to come. The so Clubhouse. Are, August are you 19th. expecting, like, a massive... Uh, crew there in terms of like your Hamptons peeps or what? I I I do have. You were in Shelter Island. Yeah, I have that. a bunch of like people who have been like, we just bought a bunch of tickets. Oh, nice. So I try to Great. see like naturally what's going on. I don't like to force my friends to August do stuff. August nineteenth in, in East Hampton. Yeah, it's cool. a Thursday, which okay. is like a little tough, right. but thirsty Thursday. Thirsty right? Thursdays. Cool. It's August. Like people don't go to work in August, yeah, so right? I think it'll be really fun because there's not like too much comedy going on right now over there. Especially out there. No. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be good. Do you know what what what, is, what did that space used to be? If you're familiar I have with no that clue. Area. I feel like it always changes. Um, but people are trying to just have a good time, and I think 
Thursday, like start off the weekend with a couple laughs and Let's then go. like, yeah. Let's go. Are you going to spend um, any time out there in the Hamptons? I know we briefly spoke on it. So I'm going to spend the last July, the last weekend in July in the Hamptons. I feel like I've been on this like grind of comedy being back. Like if comedy had just come back, I might be more like, oh, I'll relax. But I'm like so excited to be doing it again. And like there's something about doing your set a lot that like you get to this next level of like you're not worried about the joke structure or remembering the order of your jokes you're just like you're not worried about words (laughs) 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 you just kind of get in this flow where you're like worried about more like the next level shit of like yeah your tone and like all that other stuff instead of just being like oh fuck i hope i get these jokes right which was like when you first get back from quarantine i was like what's a joke Uh so now i'm in more of a flow it's it's, sim- it's similar to tennis in so many ways, stand-up. However, you don't have a coach. And no one has... There's no rules. Which part of me loves, but it's also scary. Like, you know, after a match, it's easy for, like, you to look at your coach, and he's like, okay, your backhand was shit. You, you, you missed too many second serves, and you didn't go at their forehand enough. Whereas stand-up, you get off, and you're like, I guess I could listen to my set. I could, like figure out like you don't have anyone telling you what to do and stand-ups don't tell you what to do because everyone has their own bullshit do you and Dez kind of critique each other in terms of like your sets or not really or is this is like is the source of like a lot of fights it's so funny we have he proposed to me before ever hearing my comedy interesting which some people would be like well he, must have, listen, well, he must have listened to like podcasts he definitely listened, yeah he listened to podcasts and obviously semi-similar and I argue like I've I've seen him do stand-up but like because I knew him so intimately before stand-up, I, like, it's, to me, it's, like, I don't, if I date an accountant, like, I don't care how he does his accounting job as long as he loves it and he's, like, doing yeah. well. So, like, when I see him do stand-up, I don't really, I'm not, like, fantasizing about that guy. Like, I th- I personally think he's funnier when it's, like, just me and him mm-hmm. and, like, that kind of humor. Because yeah. he's, like, a different person on stage, which I appreciate. But, so, I was nervous, though, the first time I did stand-up, like, and he joked, like, like, I don't know if I want to hear your stand-up. Like, just, like, kind of nervous yeah, that yeah, yeah, maybe totally. it's, like, something that he, that. like, hates. Yeah. Are you, like, um, talking about ex-boyfriends too much or something? He'll just get jealous. Yeah. Does he not? I mean, I guess So not. he he just gets, like, really nervous when he watches me, like a mom. Uh, like, sure. just nervous. And But he he's given me more, like, because he's had such a long career, he's like, okay, you're at the point where you have to, like, be experimenting more. You can't be so tight on stage of like and rigid. You have to be, like improv you have to be reaching for things the last show I did he rarely like tells me notes on specific jokes because I have my own voice really like that he won't be able to have but he told me like I was doing like a ton of crowd work in the beginning of one of my shows and then and it was like really hitting and everyone was loving it and then I got to this like lull in the middle where people weren't laughing as much but like I was hitting all my jokes right and he was like that's just a something I learned early on in my career where like if you get them too hyped up they almost get distracted by that energy and then when you go back to normal energy they have to like decompress right, 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 right. and I hadn't yet done that much crowd work in like a 45 minute set and he, I, he was like you just have to be able to like and then people get annoyed if you are too into the crowd sometimes and they get tired so like little things that he can see that I can't see yeah um so it's been beneficial but mostly just him like believing in me and being like yeah, like, shit. I'm so... Yeah, and it never was like, a, do you think I'm good? It's more yeah. like, I just know deep down, like, he's he's proud. Wow. 
So it's nice, but you're right. It was a very rare situation because there's so many things that go wrong. He does actually, he's so cute. He came out to me and he was like, I have this joke about like having sex with a girl like when I was 14. But the joke is that like, I know her phone number and like, I don't know your phone number. And it's, and I was like, yeah, I don't care. But like he asked, like it would upset me, oh, which is adorable. Yeah. But <laughs> he will like, <laughs> yeah, he will go into, he's lived his whole life like a bachelor and like never had to think of those things. So we both had to kind of change our material, but he'll hear my jokes about him and, or we'll like talk about something and I'll be like, oh, that feels like more your voice. Uh-huh. Like he'll be like, that's a good joke. You should write it down. I'll be like, no, that's good for you. Yeah. So we're just very different on stage in, like, the best way, I think. Are you going on tour together, or is he just stopping by, like, So he's doing some places with me. Like, some places it's not worth it, like... And I also think in the beginning, I I kind of was like, I want you there. And then I realized, like, I don't need him there. Yeah, totally. So it was a nice little, like, support system in the beginning, and then he was like, you're good. Huh. Yeah. So, Hannah, I drilled you with, I don't even know how many questions. Do <laughs> you have any questions for me or the couch? No, I don't care. Listening? Go ahead. You I don't care. care. No, I, <laughs> why do you have so many tchotchkes on your... I'm, I'm happy you asked. So that those, like, men with the Speedo bathing suits on over there, like yeah. this little... Um, is that from a drink? It, no, it's from... Yes. Oh, my God. I was going to say it was from a birthday cake. It is from a drink. Yeah, like you I put it on your drink. From. Yeah, but you put it on, like, one of those margaritas. Then you have a fidget spinner, told, which is I have fun. a fidget spinner right next to it, a bowl. I have a lot of weird stuff in this studio, though. Yeah. If you fully analyze it. Um, But I do love exposed brick. That's, sure. That's very important right. to me. I Thank do. You. I do a joke about, like when like a guy is exposed brick like okay. it's a turn on yes. but then how I did it in LA <laughs> and people were like <laughs> a crack den yeah. I was like it's really oh, expensive right, right. in Brooklyn yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally the exposed brick in Brooklyn compared to like Los Feliz I can imagine <laughs> like I literally was different. like if this exposed brick apartment I will fuck you and someone was like <laughs> a crack house <laughs> like an echo park yeah. alright well Hannah before we get out of here I have Two special gifts for you for oh God, um, coming you. on this couch. We have a lovely Ted Jones World podcast. Hat. Oh, yay! Yeah, so, this is actually one of the ones that was messed up because the world is not <laughs> fully. So, it's like authentic first edition. I wanted to give you that one. Oh, is that we're coming? Also, we have the Ted Jones Comedy Show t shirt. Hannah Burner will be at oh, the show love it. July 23rd at 9.30 yeah. p.m. Guys, Asylum NYC and Chelsea, get your tickets. The Ted Jones World Instagram has the tickets. The link in my so bio. So exciting. Um, that's going to be a very great show. I hope to see all you guys out What there. are those crystals for? I think the mood. I had them What, what kind of there. mood, though? Um, like, pink, what do they help with? I think um, anxiety and vibration like that. I don't know. Like the last girl I was seeing who I've spoken to you about, like was super into them. So I don't know. I just like I bought them just because she liked them, though. You know how you do that sometimes? Should you burn you them now? To, I don't know. In the fireplace? We got a lot of good books over there. That's also a thing in New York. If you have a fireplace that doesn't work. Yeah. It means it's aesthetic. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I think we're good. Thank you so much. Hannah Burner, ladies and gentlemen, let's give her a round of applause. <laughs> Hannah, I'll see you on the tennis court. (laughs) Peace!